season two of the Nicola Paul Approach. This podcast provides a mixture of interviews with guest experts on well-being, mindfulness, fulfilling a healthier lifestyle and some sneak peek episodes of behind the scenes projects that I have been collaborating on. Also special co-host episodes which I'm super excited to invite onto my show. Please join me in this season for 10 episodes of Wholesome Discoveries. I really hope you enjoy listening to them as much as I've enjoyed creating them. After all, it's my mission to support and guide anyone who's listening to find the right path to improve your mental, physical and spiritual growth. It's going to be my privilege to open up the door to this wonderful world for you all. I would love it if you could take the time to rate, review, subscribe and follow to my podcast. It will help other people to find my channel so we can grow our like-minded nation. All of the details for my website and social media platforms are in the show notes. I want to launch us into a holistic education platform designed for like-minded people who are ready to seek an alternative solution to better their health. The first step of many of our mindfulness journeys. Just before we delve into this week's episode, I would like to introduce you to my shiny new Evolve Memberships program, which I have personally created from my own experiences over the years of practice in personal development. It has definitely evolved me to become the person I am today and I would love to share these techniques and some takeaway goodness for you. Within this program it's for anyone who is looking at unleashing their superpower personal development. After you have listened to this episode why not pop over to my website at www.nicolapaulacademy.com Nicola is spout N-I-C-O-L-A and Paul P-A-U-L-L Over there you will find a more in-depth description Show your interest by clicking on the waiting list button on the Evolve page which you will find under the personal development tab on the home screen Are you ready for a brand new you? So, without further ado, here's this Monday's episode. I hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. I'm your host Nicola and in today's episode I cannot control my excitement any longer to introduce my co-host to the show. We will be talking about her university journey through the highs and the lows, some takeaway tidbits on how she has survived her mindfulness well-being 
through non-social media contact and of course a chat between mother and daughter. So let's (laughs) welcome to the show my beautiful role model, Carla. Hello. (laughs) You're so dramatic. Don't you just love it? Love it. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm stressed, but I'm good. Oh my god, talk about it. Stressed? Why? Yeah, talk about it. Get it out. Um, let it out. Let it out. Obviously, I'm in the midst of writing my dissertation. <gasps> um, so it's just. I mean, it's it's bearable stress because I'm quite an organised person, but I think. Because we've lost that one-to-one, like, in uni teaching and everything's online now, I feel quite distant from the degree itself. Do you know Do you know what I mean? So I'm just, like, trying to write and trying to remain in, like, that headspace of, like, university student whilst I'm literally just at home in my pyjamas. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it, it's, it's very stressful, but I'm very lucky that my... Um, lectures are really great and they're pretty accessible which I've heard not everybody's lectures are so I'm very grateful that my dissertation tutor is is a great great guy great guy (laughs) so yeah put a plug plug his name plug his name uh well I have two uh his name's Chris Malmsey uh and he is I found out today I was watching one of his lectures he's like 63 (gasps) <gasps> and he, you shouldn't be discussing their ages, Carla, on the channel. No, well, he's great, he's great. Um, um, but he's blind and his eyesight has actually gotten worse over the period of the pandemic, which is really sad. Um, but in turn, he has like a right hand man called Stan. Mm-hmm. I actually don't know Stan's last name. <laughs> um, so I'm very fortunate that I have two lecturers for my dissertation. Where I'm supposed to only have one, but they kind of work together um so yeah big up thank you thank you oh and tell tell the listeners where you're studying I am studying at the University of Winchester I study drama and English literature but it's more heavily on English as opposed to drama I only do one module in drama this year um and my dissertation is in English is an English dissertation. It's about the way that mothers are represented in literature, um, and how there's like there's a we kind of categorise mothers uh, in like a good and a bad category. And I think we do it unknowingly, and I think that authors specifically do it unknowingly within literature. And like the categories that they're placed in kind of determine the outcome in their narrative, um, and that parallels like the as you would say, like the universe and like <laughs> um, the way that society views mothers um, because you automatically see a mother that belongs to a, maybe like a, a specific socioeconomic background or whether they're single or whatever it is, anything that deviates from like this expected mother, um, it people just assume that, that you know, they're kind of going to mess it up or that they're not as um, capable as a like a like a it's like a canonical mother but it's like that traditional mother so it's like a white middle class mother who everyone just thinks is going to 
overachieve really which is probably quite damaging to that that mother mm-hmm. um, but it's just not the case and I think like I said I was speaking to you earlier about it the point of the dissertation really is for mothers that don't um, belong to a category that particularly conveys them as being a like a great mother um, is for them to realize that that's just not the case and I mean, you were a single mother and you raised me and Dan and I mean, I'm at university, so you can't have, gone, can't have done that bad of a job. You know? so, um, I feel like the pressure with, with dissertations for university students are really like over the, all the three years, um, this 10,000 word, effectively it's like an essay, is like the legacy that you leave with your um degree I know that not everybody sees it like that but that's kind of how I see it so I was really I took a very long time to decide what I wanted to write about and here you are my muse <laughs> mm-hmm. I, know, I, I literally couldn't believe it when you decided that that was going to be what you were going to talk about and um I I mean for me personally obviously I'm you know I just did what I did and that you know, and you just get on with what you've got, so to speak. You just, you know, that like I said to you the other day, there's no rule book of how to be a parent. It is just, you know, some some sometimes I would just fumble on through and and hope and pray that, you know, what whatever decisions I was making were the right ones, or at least as good as could be. And for you, you know, now moving forward, I mean, you know, you're now 24 and and you're actually going to be writing 10,000 words about. <laughs> 10,000 words sounds like a lot, <laughs> but it, it really it really isn't. If anything, I wish I had more because I really want to try and cover as much as I can. Because I, I, my fear is if you kind of blase over um, what you're trying to explain, it kind of loses its merit. Um, but I suppose that's the trick, trying to figure out what's really important and what can be lightly explained. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Oh, good for you, girlfriend. So I'm so hard to no, get on, on, honest to God, I seriously, when you very first start uni, I was I had my little worries because I mean, obviously I had my my pangs of like I just completely felt half lost without you around anymore because me and you were just like from from your birth um clinged to the side of each other you know we're like even though we're we're mum and daughter we're like literally we're 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 soul sisters as well do you know what I mean we're real we've got this deep connection I know it's like a parent like a maternal thing my part I know what you're saying it does like it goes beyond that like maternal connection I think there's a difference because you have like the maternal connection where you have that like oh, I should really like call my mum and then you have like what we have and it's like oh I really want to speak to my mum yeah I feel like there's a difference it's like a choice as opposed mm-hmm. to like an expectancy from the child and <laughs> yeah exactly it's really nice yeah it's lovely it really is and I you know when you first went off and and started studying and things in the first year. And I remember, you know, I mean, tell the listeners, how how was that for you at the very, very beginning when you first started uni? Uh, I think 
because I started when I was 21, obviously I had a couple of years out. So I did, I did have the experience outside of education that not every university student has. I don't know how university students go or like as students go from like, like GCSEs to A-levels to degree, like it's insane that the jump from A-level to degree level is honestly something that can't you just can't prepare anyone for and I feel like the preparations that I had to handle this lifestyle because being a student is more than just the degree it's like learning how to live by yourself it's the journey is just as important as the is the out like whatever outcome you get at yeah. so when I came into first year I'd already kind of I already kind of figured out how to be by myself and live by myself like as a like as like a young adult mm. um so I loved first year more, I think it's probably one of my favorite years because I was put in a house with people that were younger than me um and I just loved how like exciting everything was like that they were like living on their own and I just kind of like was rejoicing in that with them and I felt like (laughs) and I I feel like we we encountered different stresses like my stress was from the fact that I'd been out of education for a couple of years and I was worried how I was going to adapt and if I was still capable of writing essays which luckily I am (laughs) Um, but it was interesting that theirs was um more so about trying to get a structure of like sleeping cooking making sure you have that healthy balance um mm-hmm. so I we really complemented each other quite nicely so I mean I and I still live with them now in my third year so I'm very grateful for that but I did miss you all the time <gasps> say <Same. laughs> I don't know how you coped when I went traveling I have no idea not well to be honest especially when you said when your first ever time when you went off traveling was over to the other side of the world and um yeah there were many nights that I would literally I just couldn't sleep of the thought because being a parent well from my personal experience of being a parent all I would think of is the bad things you know you know she's gonna get I won't I won't go too much into the my thoughts um but they weren't good thoughts put it that way and I think that is literally just like a a maternal like the instinct just kicks in that you just want to be the protector and you want to you know wrap them up in cotton wool and protect them and keep them safe but of course you that's not the real world right so especially when you become an adult like you did and went off and lived your life and that's exactly yeah that I don't know oh yeah I feel like it's so commendable that you refrained from almost like messaging me every day and calling me all the time oh Um, trust me I wanted to I did no (laughs) but I knew you wanted to but I kind of like just loved you so much more for letting me figure it out yeah like not over mothering me yeah um because I think that's why I've been able to adapt um although it has been hard like growing into an adult was very difficult of course have been given the space to like to be able to do that has made it has made me feel like I've earned 
being an adult, if that makes sense. Even though I'm still only yeah. 24, I'm going to just keep learning. No, 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 no. It, it, I, I just, I knew that, I knew that if I um, didn't allow you to just grow on your own in in the world, you know, in this, in this real world, um, and figure out stuff, whether it was good or bad, then how are you ever going to cope and survive, you know, and I might not be around one time, some time or, and you just got to be able to figure things out as you become older. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, I've always said to you, I'm always there for you if you need me, if you you want. So I didn't just sort of push you out the door and say, right, get on with it. But (laughs) I did know that, you know, from my like as I was growing up from my personal experience that sometimes you just have to go off and figure out your life yourself isn't it so interesting that the I mean I I I feel like I'm talking as like a like as a blanket statement but I find that when I was growing up you like you've always been like that like I've known you've always been there but you've also very much been there in the background like more as a fallback as opposed to preventing me from falling mm-hmm. um and I find that or I found that the mothers or the like the parents biological non-biological however that comes in like whatever form that comes in mm-hmm. um the ones that almost try and like protect their kids are always seen as like better because they're like, oh they're always like they're there and blah 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 but I feel like in the long run it just like it, it doesn't benefit the child because I have so many friends who have been so sheltered and now that they have to come into their own and kind of figure out like what how they want to live and what they like and what they don't like, blah 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 they've been like so much like over cared for that mm. they they're like having an existential crisis at like 24 because they they just don't know what they want and like because they've never had to learn from mistakes because the mistakes have been prevented by their parents they've never they've never like had these real life encounters and it's crazy Mm -hmm. yeah no I I can totally understand where you're coming from there because you know if you don't have mistakes if if you don't have experiences that in your life you know whether it's a, a bad one I mean hopefully you know it, it won't be but at least you know how are you ever going to learn do you know what I mean and I know it's a bit of a hard thing to say as a parent but yeah and also you know as a parent of course you don't want your child to suffer any anything that's heart full of heartache or a real big thing you know a heavy thing um but but on the other hand also when you become a young lady like you have um I can't keep an eye on you every five minutes you know I I I can't I don't know where even though I did once I remember say to you did you want to be on my find you know that find phone uh, on your iPhone what's it called find my iphone that's the one yeah because then i can then keep a track on you i think you can do that but you decide you said no (laughs) (laughs) i i I like to think the way that you have raised me 
you don't need to do that because you already know every single part of my life. <laughs> like we have no boundaries in like the night in the greatest way that mm. you just don't need to do things like that because I'm never going to hide anything from you. Like if I'm lost stranded somewhere on like a night out, I'm just going to tell you. Like <laughs> I'm just going to call you like I need to come get. <laughs> so I mean, I mean that's obviously not happening in a pandemic, but <laughs> well. It's funny, actually, because that then leads us on to the next topic we were going to talk about was is social media, because um, before we you tell the listeners sort of how you've you know, what exactly is we're talking about with the social media thing with you um, is back a little while ago. I always knew what you were up to because it was on social media. Mm hmm. And so, of course, recently you've totally come off of social media. So just explain your reason for that. Oh, my gosh. Firstly, I love that you stalked me on social media. Oh, always, always. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? It's actually genius for, like, a way for parents to know what their kids yeah. are doing. Although, yeah. Although most kids don't have this. Most kids don't have their parents on social media, man. No. So, like, I know. Mm. I just love and trust you so much. Yeah. Um, okay. So I watched, and it was, I think it was in, it was either September, or October, uh, a Netflix documentary called The Social Dilemma. Oh, yes. We've been talking oh. about, I've been talking about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and in it, they interview, I can't, it was quite a while ago, but they basically interviewed the big dogs that have been the main contribution towards how toxic social media is Mm. like they interviewed the guy that um created the facebook like button um and they just talk about how on the surface it seems really harmless right you're just kind of like uploading um pictures look my thing was instagram i never i was never into twitter i was never into anything else it was literally just instagram Mm. um so it's like really harmless like you're just uploading a picture um and so like people know like you know you're good you're having fun but then you factor in the comments and you factor in how many likes you get and you factor in how many filters are put on those pictures and all of a sudden like it's just not harmless anymore and Mm -hmm. I luckily never got to this point but you have people that determine their worth by like how many likes they have. And mm-hmm. there's, I can't remember what it's called, but like there's this thing where you are so used to seeing what you look like with filters on. It's like this weird disassociation that you have when you just see, a, like if somebody takes a picture of you just normally, and yeah. it's like, you, it's almost like you'd view yourself not as beautiful as this filter makes you, but that filter isn't you. Mm-hmm. So like it like it's just ridiculous. So the whole thing got crazy. But the big thing for me from this documentary was the fact that it, like every single person on it said that they didn't let their kids have social media. Okay. And for me, I was like, if the people that have like made it so addictive and or like have just created it are not letting their family use it, it then it, it like it's not okay. Like, mm. like as far as I'm concerned like you don't create something 
like you're meant to back your product right if you're if you're actively telling people not to use it it's not okay mm-hmm. um and the the doc, the documentary was so good but i have felt such a shift in how i like to use my time yeah i think i again i i never really had that kind of like oh every like everybody's looking at pictures of me and like I look like this and I'm getting likes I never really had that they didn't really bother me but I think for me it was like how I was on Instagram like five hours a day mm-hmm. yeah it's surprising isn't it really yeah mm. and then I I remember just feeling like I never have enough time to I can't I was like I don't have time to have this degree and like have a good balance blah 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 but when you consider like five hours a day on your phone mm-hmm like of course, like of course, you've got time. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I, um, I, you know, on a business side of it, I use you know social media platforms, and they're very powerful tools. And I'm really, really conscious of also of what I put on there. But again. I do limit myself to screen time online um, because there's a lot of noise online as well. So I try and keep myself very much grounded, keep my vision on my purpose of why the reason why I'm on there, just do what I'm doing for me and my, and and the people that I'm the audience. Um, But other than that, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. So just before we go. Already that's gone so quick. I know time flies I'm trying to with each of these episodes is do between 20 minutes 25 ish like no longer than half an hour at this stage because um I've had some feedback from some of my listeners that are saying do you know what that's just a nice time a nice amount of time to listen you know because I'll have you back on again anyway Carla don't you worry Okay. This will be the first of many times. <laughs> oh my god, how funny! And it's just been great. But just before we go, can you just say, let the say tell the listeners <laughs> once we come out of and I'm actually I'm calling it Rona anyway, but I'm calling our lockdowns lockdowners, right? Because let's be honest, they god. are. Did you come up with that? I think, no, I think I stole that off of Lily. I think it was Lily. She's on episode, she's on this season too. You know, Lily. I think, I think actually Lily called it lockdowners. I can't, so please forgive me, whoever's listening, if they listen to Lily's episode, which is on this season as well, that, okay, it's Lily that I think it's said, right? But can you tell, like, can you say to the, uh, let the listeners know when lockdown is finished and your degree, what? Oh my god! Yeah, I can't wait for it. What? 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 What are you going to do, Carla? What are you going to do? Tell them. I think I speak on behalf of every single student who's in their third year. I'm just okay. going to sleep. Like I'm just going to sleep. Okay. I'm going to sleep and not have dreams about my dissertation. I'm going to sleep and not have dreams about the 3,500 words that's due in May when I haven't even started it and this and that and that. <laughs> and I'm going to be like present in moments without my mind thinking, hmm, oh, uh, the process of variability, like nothing is going to be in my head and uh-huh. I feel like 
it's so difficult to be present as a student especially somebody who take like actually really is invested in their degree mm-hmm. there's people that do degrees and they're just kind of like not really that bothered but I'm very passionate about my degree so like I like live sleep and breathe it it's the same as you when you like do your work you're always like oh my mind like I'm really struggling to focus mm-hmm. I'm excited to just focus that but also if the lockdown is like if we somehow are able to travel again I'm going traveling because I'm I've got the bug <laughs> I love traveling so yeah brilliant great Wait, what? Oh no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Well, I'm not actually joking, but yeah, live your life, girl. Live your life. <laughs> I'm thinking about learning a language as well. Oh, wicked. Okay, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I think I want to learn Mandarin. I'd love to just go and like be in China. I think I'd love to just travel China. That would that mm. would be the ultimate. That would be amazing. Brilliant. Fantastic. Just what, what are you planning on doing? Oh my god! <laughs> we we will have to have another episode for that, Carlo, because I've got loads. <laughs> I've got loads. There's loads and loads and loads of stuff that I'll be doing this year, but it will all start to come out as the episodes and seasons go on, anyway. So, um, it's all great well, stuff. Before we go, can I ask you a question? What we didn't plan this. <laughs> I know. I just have a question. How? Has this lockdown affected, like, the fact that we can't see each other? Because usually we're, like, going for lunch every week. How has, like, it affected you? I don't think I've even asked. (sighs) Just thinking about it. Just thinking about not being able to hug you and just being your, like, physical energy it's a struggle for me every day every day it's harder and harder because because we have such a close connection as well so um to be honest with you I really have um tried to distract my mind about thinking about me and you together by really concentrating on my work so so like you are with your study you know your degree your keeping your brain really active in in the moment of you know what your your vision is with your you know your dissertation and everything else with your degree whereas for me mine is I miss you every second of the day and it's get you know every day that I don't see you it does get harder for me but I try my I I just try and just keep focused and think she's healthy she's here still I'm here I'm healthy so I'm really grateful and can't wait for the day that we can meet again and have a hug and share some great time together but you know it is what it is we're all going through it together every other person is going through the same thing so I'm just really grateful that my family at are still here and healthy um and that's all I just keep saying to myself all the time you know that yeah. it's get, one day we will see each other one day one day one day oh mama I know right <laughs> anyway right <laughs> so before we go yes I, I would love you keep to, saying that I know right before we go before yeah. we go so just I'm going to say goodbye now to the listeners but before we do Can you please say goodbye 
to your listeners? I mean, they're technically your listeners, but goodbye. <laughs> Stay positive. Positivity breeds positivity. Uh, you know, just keep breathing. Do some yoga. Yeah, just oof. it's going to be good. We're going to get through it. It's going to be fine. And to, just to let everyone know, Carla actually is into the actual work that I do. So that isn't oh. like her taking the piss out of <laughs> out of the woo-woo side of me because she actually loves it as well. So um, Yeah, but it, we don't see it as woo-woo, do we? We see it as a way of life. Like. This is our life. Yeah, exactly. Well, you've grown up around it. So, you know, it's it's what it is. Yeah, it's great. It's great stuff. So, okay, well, thank you. And again, like I said, Carla, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on as a co-host today because we have, you know, you've not been interviewed. You're not, do you know what I mean? It is just literally mum and daughter chit-chat and you will be on again um, in, well, I don't know when yet, but we'll figure that out. <laughs> yeah, when I've, got, when I've got room in my schedule. I was going to say that's, it's when it's, that's right, exactly. You need to do what you've got to do with your dissertation and stuff but anyway later on hopefully in the next season or so we'll have you on again and just before we go today I'd love love I'm just hoping and praying that whoever's been listening you know has just took some some real sort of goodness from um mine and Carla's conversation and just to sort of reach out to everybody today and just say you're not on your own we're all in this together and sending you lots of love and light until next monday's episode with another with a special guest appearance next week for then take care love and light i do hope you have gained some further insight into this episode today and now have some takeaway positivity I thank you for your time. Before we go, show some love for your favourite podcast by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Please do share the podcast with your friends and family or anyone you know that could benefit from these episodes. You can listen to your favourite episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, my podcast website, which is www.thenicolapaulapproach.com Stay tuned for next Monday morning's episode with another guest appearance. Love and light.